Hello, you are listening to the Rude Health Podcast with me, Hayley Food Ninja, where I aim to bring you all the latest tools, tips and strategies to help you create your own version of healthy without a kale smoothie in sight. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Rude Health Podcast with me, Hayley Food Ninja. I'm just going to get straight into this one because this is going to be an absolutely fucking awesome episode, even though we do this myself, because I have got one of my favourite people to talk to because she always has something super interesting to say. Oh Today, God, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, pressure. Um, today's guest is Kristen Ingraham Morgan, who is the owner of CrossFit Ellen in Lincoln. She is a ex-client of mine and the founder is it the founder of the strong girls club which we're going to talk about yeah. later strong girls squad yeah oh, strong girls squad and actually the person responsible or part responsible for getting me into crossfit because you were actually running the induction that i did 10 11 years ago was it 10 10 years ago yeah yeah so Kristen is part responsible for this I'll take it I'll take full credit (laughs) thank you so much for agreeing to do this it's my pleasure my pleasure Uh, we've got loads of really cool stuff to talk about but yeah I guess just to let everyone know that's kind of how we know each other is 10 years ago I started CrossFit at CrossFit Nottingham and you were a coach at the time weren't you Brand new baby coach. I think I, that was my first job in CrossFit. And when I met you, I'd probably only been coaching about six months. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's such a long yeah. time ago, isn't it? I know. Um, I know. <laughs> and then, obviously, I moved abroad, all that kind of stuff. But we still followed each other on social media. And then about, oh, is it two years ago now? Might be two years It ago. was two. I want to say it was two years ago in July. Yeah. Pretty sure yeah. I started in July because my birthday's in July. Yes. And I wanted a year to sort that's, myself out. That's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So in July, you um, contacted me and wanted some help, didn't you? Which I thought, how amazing, because you were really instrumental in, in me starting my CrossFit journey and helped me a lot. Um, and obviously, I started my career because of my CrossFit journey. And now it was really cool that I was able to help someone who was really instrumental in that. So I was really happy about that. Yeah, it was but. a good, it was a good full circle moment. And I knew that. So, like in the, I said, in July of 2020, so it was like in the height of the pandemic. I'd kind of had three months off, well, four months off. Like almost everybody in the fitness industry who owned a bricks and mortar location, we were all shut. I had some time to kind of stop all the craziness that I was doing in terms of like running the gym and kind of have a moment of reflection about my own health and well-being and sort of came to the very rude awakening that I wasn't in a good place, that my stress levels and my habits had really had genuinely gotten out of control. Mm-hmm. And at the time, and I know that you probably did this a lot, but at the time you were posting a lot of content about the holistic way of improving health and fitness yeah so it wasn't you know your content wasn't like macros it wasn't all about you know restriction or dieting or it just had a very different message to what it you know to all the other fit pros that I follow I follow a lot I was like I feel as though this is a job for Haley Uh, (laughs) and I think that's actually I think that's maybe what I even said in that first message that I sent you was like I feel like this is a job for you what do you yeah. think? And you were, you were you were so enthusiastic with your your reply. It was like, yes, let's do this. So yeah, it was it was a, a full circle moment and a match mm. made in heaven. It was, it was, and it it's really interesting because obviously you had an awareness that it wasn't as simple as I've put a bit of weight on. But even so, that was, you know, you, I remember you included that in your message. Mm, I think I need to lose, you know, maybe a couple of kilos or whatever. And, and I always find that really interesting because 
even though you had a lot more self-awareness than most people in terms of like, holy shit, like I have no idea what's happened here. But still there yeah. was that. Oh, and I also need to lose a few kilos because we sort of associate that with, oh, I'm feeling shit. It must be these two or three or four kilos that I've put on, which is super interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was. I mean, I, maybe maybe the weight was like the trigger. Like the thing that is, you know, in your face every day going, girl, you don't look your best. You're not performing your best. You need to do something about it. Oh, and while you're at it, why don't you fix all this other shit that's wrong with you? But it quickly, very quickly in our relationship became apparent that the weight was the least of my problems. And I think I knew that. Like, I think some part of me obviously knew that, but that problem was those problems were so massive and they were so ingrained that I had no idea how to start fixing them. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you can't change a tire on a car that's traveling at 120 miles an hour. And so, you know, that's I, exactly I what you were here. doing as well. You were literally traveling at 120 miles an hour. Yeah. And we're trying to take the car apart while we're doing 120 on the Audubon. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was special, special time. Yeah, it was. <laughs> And I think the thing that I really liked, I remember that you you put it in the Facebook group, was the analogy of trying to paint a house, which I thought was like a really smart way of putting it. And I think, you know, you, like I said, you had a lot more self-awareness than most people. <clears throat> but I think the reason a lot of people say, come to me and say, oh, I need to lose a bit of weight, is they kind of know that's not the issue, but they don't really know how to verbalize it so the weight is an yeah. easy kind of health correlation isn't it whereas yeah. do you want to explain to everyone about that the house painting analogy because I was like oh my yeah. god everyone needs to read this because it's probably how most people <laughs> feel and this was this was a couple of months into our um into working together yeah. and I was already starting to see the difference and the benefit of your process versus other health programs or coaches or plans that I've been on. And so my, um, the analogy was imagine you're trying to paint the inside of your house. Okay. So <clears throat> you have all of your paints and your rollers and your drop clouds and your whatever, but the house is full of junk, like floor to ceiling, room to room, full of junk that you've just accumulated over the years and it's stuff that you know you should probably deal with, but it's just easier to put in a room and forget about it for a while. But you're trying to paint this house. So what you start doing is you start trying to paint around the junk and you're moving piles of junk and you're piling it precariously on one side of the room while you're painting the other side of the room. That doesn't really work. And then inevitably a pile of junk falls over and it tips your paint can all over the place and you end up making a bigger mess. And you start to feel like you're just never gonna get the house painted. And the analogy that I was trying to make is painting the house, getting the house painted is you achieving your health goals, whether that is weight loss, body composition, health markers, whatever. The junk is all of the accumulated bad habits and traumas and issues and whatever that you accumulate over the years that stop you from getting towards your goals. Oh, and the other thing is, you, once you're like, you're halfway through trying to do this and there's piles of junk and paint everywhere, you go online and you look for help and you find articles that are like, how to paint a house full of junk, like how to pile all your shit really precariously so that you can paint around it. It'll work. And that's like, you know, every, not every other, but many other mm. fitness programs or health programs or diet programs or whatever. will just ignore the junk yeah. and just tell you how to work around it, which I mean, it's one way to do it, but as the analogy proves, like really hard to paint a house full of junk. Your program or the work that we were doing together, to me, was the equivalent of you turning up at the house and going, okay, well, why don't we tidy up first? And then rolling up your sleeves and helping me tidy up, right? Yeah. Because I had a lot of junk to sort through Yeah. before I had a lot of bad habits. I had some perilously dangerous um, stress levels, sleep mm -hmm. habits, phone addictions, and others that were going to make it very, very difficult for me to make the changes I needed to make in order to paint the house, in order to get to where I wanted to be. 
But up to that point, nobody had recognized that or offered to help. So yeah, that, and I stand by that analogy and you'll be pleased to hear, I use not only that analogy, but that structure and that, that type of coaching in the coaching that I'm doing with my members. So yeah. Yeah. That's it. I think can't, paint a, can't paint a house full of junk. You can't, you can't. And, and I actually think, you know, in, especially in this day and age with everything that we've all been through in the past couple of years and, you know, things like you mentioned, like the phone always being on, you know, running a business, all of that kind of stuff. I actually feel like it's irresponsible not to coach in that way. And I have no idea why I'm in a minority doing that, because one of the things that we looked at was you'd previously done a more kind of generic sort of nutrition program that's quite well known. We were not going to name it. Yeah. That left you in terms of your relationship with food and stuff in a really like horrific place right really bad place yeah yeah I was on the all singing all dancing and I say all singing all dancing because it was touted widely in the industry and social media the program that was just essentially based on strict adherence to daily macro counts which I mean it worked in terms of what I thought I was trying to achieve, which is I got a six pack. Yeah. Um, but I also got a raging eating disorder mm-hmm. and I'm not the only one. And like, you know, yeah. to my great shame, I encouraged other people to try this program because I was so happy with the results without any, and this was years ago, like, you know, when you yeah. know better, you do better. Yeah. And I take full responsibility for the fact that I followed this program and I encouraged others to do so. But it was, you know, what precision nutrition referred to as a level two program. Yeah. In a level one brain, like I wasn't ready for that level of restriction or strictness. And it did exactly what all restrictive diet plans do, which is it caused binge eating disorder. You yeah. know, I'm a textbook case of that. That kind of exactly what you said there you've it looks like it works because it only concentrates on one facet of health which is your physical health in terms of like like you looked great I saw photos of you when you've done that and I was like wow she's like in shape right but yeah prioritizing your physical health over all of the other shit mental emotional social health because you can't be fucking sociable on on one of those plans like that is not whole that is not healthy no and I wouldn't even Haley I would not even give it the credit of saying that it prioritized my physical health because Mm -hmm. it prioritized my physical aesthetic aesthetic yeah it was it was about looking a certain way not performing a certain way not feeling a certain way so I wouldn't even go as far as to give programs like that the credit of saying that I was healthier because yeah. I'm not convinced that I was. Yeah. And others, other people I know, again, friends of mine, members, and for this, you know, to my eternal shame, they followed this program and became even sicker than I was. Yeah. And had very serious physical ramifications. And 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 it was never it was never picked up by the coaches or the people who were delivering this content. So, you know, and again. I'm an adult. I take responsibility for what I've done, but I definitely didn't understand the the potential damage that something that that a really restrictive, aesthetically driven diet program can provide. I didn't yeah. know, and yeah. I wish I did. Well, and I know now. You know now, which is why. Yeah, I'm so keen on steering people, steering people away from it, or at least warning them. Yeah, at least exactly. warning them, saying if you're gonna if you're gonna go out and seek a program like this, you have to understand that one of the potential very real side effects is a binge eating disorder. Yeah, I, I remember you? that you were absolutely over the moon when I said to you about, well, hey, if you want to eat a whole punnet of grapes, that's like because you were literally like worried about eating grapes, weren't you? I was terrified of grapes. Yes. Hi, my name is Kristen, and I was afraid of grapes. Um, <laughs> because 
on any, you know, if you're counting macros, if you're counting grams of carbohydrate, grapes are full of fruit sugar, right? So 400 grams of green grapes, whoo, that is, that is wailing on your numbers for the day. And I'm the kind of person, like, I love grapes so much. Oh my God. <laughs> if I, if I open the punnet, I'm going to eat the whole thing. Yeah. And I, and I remember that back and forth when I think we were actually on a call. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I just like, you know, cause I was like, I really want these grapes and all that. And you were just like, you gave me like this face, like <laughs> eat, eat, eat the grapes. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I do that. Like, and looking, I mean, looking back at it now, it is, it's so ridiculous how warped my sense of food is. And you know, what's crazy now. I can open a punnet of grapes and not eat them all. Who knew that was going to happen? Who knew that when you <laughs> remove, when you remove the sense of restriction, you no longer feel as though you have to gobble everything up the minute you get the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, a punnet of grapes yeah. lasts me two sittings now. Yeah. Who knew? It's ridiculous, so isn't go. it? And I think the other thing, what before we just sort of finally wrap up about, you know, what your journey was like, the other thing that is super important with a lot of these programs and things is making sure if you want to follow a program like that, you are in a state to do so. Because when you came to me, like, you were like, oh, okay, we'll get on the nutrition thing as well. And I'm like, I am not putting you in a calorie deficit and we are not having a conversation about food because, yeah, four months before we actually said anything about food because you were so stressed and being stressed, obviously, you know, is not great for the body. But then to put somebody in a calorie deficit, which is a physical stressor on the body to add to that load is super irresponsible it's so irresponsible and I just think of all the people who have got quite a high level of stress because that's a lot of people at the moment and they're just going to coaches and the coach is like just like you know you can get a result just you know cut the deficit more and stuff like that and I'm like that is probably one of the most irresponsible things as a coach that you can do but yeah that was that was fun wasn't it she's like we haven't even spoken about food four months (laughs) <laughs> and like, and not that I was, and I don't, and if I remember correctly, I wasn't complaining. I was like, when are we no. going to do food? Because no. as soon as we got into you, you know, getting me to start tracking things like my sleep, which was garbage, Ooh, yeah. absolute garbage. And I remember when I first started with you, I was taking not overdoses, but like more than the recommended dose of sleeping tablets every night mm. to get to sleep. Yeah. Which of course then just meant I was sedated, mm-hmm. not sleeping. My sleep scores, do you remember? They were absolute trash for weeks were. and weeks and weeks. Yeah. Like, yeah. and so, you know, I was, yeah, I was nowhere near being able to take on another stressor of any description, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. And it took four months to get me to a place where we could talk about food. Yeah. Right. If you said that to someone else you know they'll be like what the fuck in much yeah. in the same way like like when you came to me you were very clear about like I'm investing in myself for a year you know I'm going to be 14 years time I want to be in a really good state and that was mm-hmm. literally like music to my ears because a I'm like oh, this is someone to get my teeth into which I love when I'm coaching yeah but also here's someone who has a very realistic view of you know, if you've been chronically stressed and not treating yourself very well for quite a long time, you're not going to sort that shit out in 12 weeks. Like, what the fuck? So, you know, it's really hard for people to hear that because they, you know, again, in our industry, it's all about six week shreds and drop a dress size in a week and all that absolute bollocks, which, you know, as you said, it can work, but what state does it leave you in? So, I think I remember I remember you saying that stuck with me, which was you can do an eight week shred Mm -hmm. and you will get a result. But what happens on eight weeks plus one day? What happens at nine weeks to 10 weeks? And you're you repeated this over and over to me. And it's something that definitely resonates, which is I am in no I am not in the business of leaving people worse off than how I found them. And when when you try and rush 
for results or when you are myopic or short-sighted in what it is you're trying to help your clients achieve, you're, you're fine because you, on, you know, eight weeks, you're gone. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, right? I've got the before and, and after off. photos from you. Like, that's all I give a shit about. They're going on the gram. See you later. Bye. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, what happens at nine weeks, ten weeks, three months? Is that person worse or better off than when you found them? And while, again, adults do have to take responsibility for their own choices, I completely accept that. You know, my clients are not mine forever. I help them as long as I can, and then we part company. But if you know that what you're doing is likely to cause damage, then you have to behave responsibly with that that knowledge, I think. I think. I think, and you think, yet here we are in an industry that has one idea of what healthy is and thinks everyone should subscribe to that. And I, I, I do believe it's literally full of people who either A, don't have the skills and knowledge to realize that they're doing damage, or B, just don't give a shit. Yep. But there has to be there has to be a a, a revolution. There has to be a, a a group of us, and I believe that there are actually an enormous number of responsible fitness practitioners yeah. because I, I I know a lot of them and I work mm. with them. We're just the ones, and we were saying about this before we started recording the podcast, which is we're not the ones who are super good at social media. No, we're super good at responsible ethical coaching, right? We're not the dancing monkeys on TikTok, like we, you know. And so maybe people don't hear or see as much of us as would be beneficial, but it's because we're too busy helping people instead of making yeah. online content. And that, and that, and that's not a dig. There are some incredible ethical practitioners who make fantastic content. Yeah. I'm not saying everybody with a big social media presence is a charlatan at all, yeah. but I know that I'm a lot better at coaching people than I am at making reels. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just am. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't really want to, you know, uh, do all the TikTok thing. And I think the other thing as well is our message just is not as exciting. It's like, hey, this is, you know, I can 100% sort you out for life, which I think is an exciting message, right? You'll never have to spend any money on anyone like me ever again after you've worked with me. That to me is exciting shit. But when you say, "Hmm, okay, well, you might need to work with me for sort of nine to 18 months. We're going to work on some of these things. I'm going to sort of poke around in your brain. It's going to be a bit uncomfortable. They're like, but they're doing a six week shred over there. I'm just going to go and do that. Right? Like, okay. Yeah. And I say this to people all the time, like healthy eating, if you like. So balanced nutrition is really hard to sell. Yeah. Like (laughs) boring. It's you can't commodify meat, veg, nuts, and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar. Like it, that's hard to fit into a social media. Well, it's not hard to fit that into a social media post. Yeah. But like, it's it's not super sexy. Consistency, consistency is the least sexy thing on the planet. I mean, to you and I, it's incredibly sexy. But (laughs) right, like people who are able to just stick to a plan and pretty much do the same good habits every day. Oh my god, I'm getting a warm, tingly feeling. Yeah. But that's a really tough sell to to the kind of culture that is always looking for the next thing and the next thing. What's next? What's next? What are we doing next? What's the next thing? Well, the next thing is the same as the old thing. Yeah. Next, <laughs> six to 12 weeks. <laughs> Do you Sorry. find, because I recently um, obviously started um, working with CrossFitters again, which I, yeah. I love to work with uh, CrossFit. Yeah. CrossFit people but I know it you know previously when I was doing that one of the things that I used to have to fight against is as CrossFitters and I'm including myself in this because I'm exactly like it as well they want like what's the newest like supplement or super complicated training method or blah 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 and I'm like are you are you eating protein and drinking water? No, 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 no. Like that's that's simple stuff. Like, what yeah. is the like most complicated? But you know, take the zone diet for example. I mean, like, what's the most com? How can you make eating protein as complicated as possible? <laughs> so, it's like really hard yeah. to sell to those personality types. And like I said, I'm including myself in that. That hey, you know, we're just going to yeah. keep beating down these basics until you fucking do them because there's no point doing anything else. I think CrossFitters are a really interesting group of people because, on the one hand, you have a group of really motivated, like uber motivated human beings, right, 
who turn up to the gym four or five, six times a week, who have proven that they're coachable because, you know, they're turning up to a coached fitness program and who are willing to try new things, right? Which puts us, you know, automatically that separates them from the general population. However, you're right. They also have personality traits of wildly impatient, like want to be awesome at everything yesterday. Yeah. And being a little bit magpie, like what, you know, what's next? What's next? What's next? What are we doing next with, uh, you've got handstand pushups. Okay. Well now you're going to do weighted handstand pushups or whatever. (laughs) Okay. So I think, and you, you know, that, and I think this is true of any fitness community. Now, whether that is a gym, a physical gym, like the one that I run or the one that you attend, or whether it is your ninjas on your dojo who are all over the country, whether it is a running club, whether it is um, some of these Facebook pages that you see where, you know, people subscribe to the same Facebook page and they're doing the same exercises, whatever. Yeah. In any fitness community, if the people at the top, so the ones who are running the community or the ones who are leading the community, if we stick to the message, (laughs) if we stick to the message, right, if we don't let ourselves get distracted by the new sexy thing on Instagram or what the guy over the road is doing or, you know, what the new thing is in written about in the Daily Mail or the Guardian or the Lancet, whatever. Yeah. If we stick to the message, which is be consistent, turn up, do the work, be consistent, drink water. Like if we can do that, then we have the ability to kind of rein in this community and by and large, keep them on track. And I think that's where a lot of my mental, not a lot of my mental energy, a a measurable percent of my mental energy every week, every day (laughs) goes to saying things like, great job. Like, you know, you turned up, you smashed the workout. This is like your second or third time training this week. That's amazing. You're going to see the results. We're, we're doing a 12 week strength cycle at the moment. And every single day I have to remind people not to put too much weight on the bar. Like it's going to get heavier. I promise. Yeah. But for today, this yeah. is what we're doing. And here's why. And then explaining to them why over yeah. and over and over repeating the explanation of why consistency works, why it's more important than intensity or why it's more, you know, it's better to do a good thing every day for 90 days than 17 good things for three days. And then you get, you know, so yeah, you're right. Coaching CrossFitters is interesting. Coaching any community is interesting, but it is the responsibility of the people at the top to stay the course, which can be really hard when you're in an industry that can be super cutthroat and where there's always a new thing that's going to give you the edge over your competition. And you're like, no gang, I know what I'm doing. Let's just stay the course. It's, it's so hard, isn't it? Obviously, I've been talking about people sort of creating their own version of, you know, being healthy and what that looks like for them. And, you know, that's something I'm really passionate about, because obviously, you created your version of healthy by the time we'd finished, you know, you, your yeah. your version of healthy was paying more attention to your recovery and balance and you know you didn't once we'd started on the food you didn't actually need to pay any attention to it because you already knew what you're doing so it wasn't that it was other bit the reason that you got such an amazing result is because you were kind of already using that ethos in in your gym and the way that you coached so rather than uh you know before we before we asked a pressed record we were talking about the analogy of like a box jump rather than saying you know oh you do crossfit unless you can do a 24 inch box jump you're not healthy you you yeah. again look at all your your uh, members as individuals and try and help them decide what's their version of healthy. It doesn't have to ever be a box jump, it, you know. So I think the reason that you got such a great result in what we did is your ethos of how you coach very much matches up to to what I do, doesn't it? Oh yeah, we. I mean, we knew that we were very similar. I think from the off, it was so interesting as we as our coaching relationship progressed to see the ways in which we were similar, uh, the many ways. I wish so much that we had recordings of some of our weekly calls because- Oh my God, that would, that were, would make a whole podcast series. Were nuts, <laughs> fully nuts. Um, you know, in this, in this gym here, and again, 
you know, we, we talk about, you know, my gym and my community. My gym is a reflection of my beliefs. That's it. Right. And every, every fitness community is ultimately a reflection of the beliefs of the person at the top. And so, yeah, yeah my beliefs are that everyone is different. I know that's obvious, but everyone is profoundly different. And people come in much the same way I did, came to you and said, well, I think I want to lose weight. When what they're really saying is, I don't feel quite right with myself. And I know that something has to change. But the only vocabulary I have to express that is, I think I want to lose weight. And so, you know, when you get and then we get people moving regularly. Well, that can unlock a whole new set of feelings and expectations and someone's like god i have way more energy than i've ever had before they haven't lost an ounce but they're sleeping better and their mood is slightly enhanced they start developing performance goals Mm -hmm. people start saying you know i'd really love to be able to lift x or i'd love to be able to do a pull-up or whatever and so yeah over the course of a a coaching relationship people's wants or their goals start to shift Definitely some people come in here saying, I want to lose weight. And that is their goal. Yeah. And I am a hundred percent down with that because mm-hmm. I know they've landed in the office of somebody who is going to do everything in their power to do that with them safely, effectively, and ethically. Yeah. But yeah, treating people as individuals, it sounds so obvious. It really does, I think, require a level of empathy and experience that, well, the empathy, I think you're either born with or you're not, you can train it. The experience comes from just like having done this for 11 years now and having seen every kind of person under the sun come through my door and realizing that every single one of them is valid. Like whatever it is they're after, their wants and needs are valid. And if somebody comes to me and says... Well, like I came to you. If somebody comes to me and says, I want a six pack, I'm not like, yeah, sorry, we don't do that in here. Yeah. Like if that's what somebody wants, I am going to do my level best to help them get it. Yeah. But you can believe that we're going to unpack some other shit along the way. Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are. In much the same way that kind of happened with you is when somebody comes to you with that goal, you're like, like, I never say to people, like, oh, somebody comes to me and says, I want to be a size 10. I'm like, okay, right, let's get started. Because you know, if you do things properly, the minute they start experiencing the other benefits, they're like, I actually don't really give a shit about that. What about this other thing that I've started to feel better? And they're like, 100%, 100%. clients that I have always change their goals midway through. They never end up with what they came for, but they end up with something better. Something better, yeah. It's so, and it's, and you have, as a coach, you just have to be willing to just kind of keep them roughly between the lines, right? Okay. Let's keep training. Let's keep hydrating. How are your stress levels? Little things like when people get sick, people get physically sick, encouraging them to rest. Yeah. You know, none of this like sweat through a cold nonsense, like, dude, you're poorly go to bed. Yeah. Um, Eat maintenance calories. Please do not be in a calorie deficit when you're sick. Right? Like, just simple stuff like that, where you can just keep people on a, on a path towards every day being slightly better than the day before, or every day being, moving them slightly towards their goals, I should say. Yeah, yeah. inevitably, their, their goals are going to pivot or change or grow or, yeah. But it's about having the knowledge and the empathy and the patience to do that with them. And this is why, Haley, you and I are never going to be wealthy. Because <laughs> what we do is very labor-intensive and we do it because we love it and we and we feel strongly about it i'm kind of okay with that right yeah i'm i'm okay with that i drive a shitty car but i have a clean conscience (laughs) (laughs) i'm like you know i'm not going to be uh anytime soon posting my stripe statement online we know which is what a lot of those those type of coaches do which is like hey look at my stripe statement i've got 165 clients you know subscriptions i'm like wow you must be doing a really good job like dealing with 165 clients like a month they're obviously getting a shitload of your time every week i don't even know i don't even know what to say to that i don't even i mean okay but again do you know what i kind of i'm like okay and then move on yeah. Because if I start getting worried about that kind, if I'm like, if I start thinking, oh, why aren't I posting my stripe statement? Are people going to think I'm unsuccessful? You start going down that rabbit hole and suddenly you've really lost yourself in terms of your message, your yeah. 
program, you know, what you, the benefit you know you can deliver to your clients. Um, yeah. And I think in many ways, you know, we, t- we say to our, I say to so many of my clients, like Instagram, Instagram's not your friend, my darling. Like Instagram isn't there to make you feel good about yourself. Um, yeah. It's there to make you feel just badly enough about yourself that you're willing to spend money on whatever it is Instagram is advertising to you. And yeah. so that's a lesson that fit pros should take on board as well. Comparison is the thief of joy. And if you're on there judging your affect and your business and your plan and your programming based on somebody else's stripe statement, you're already losing. You're already losing yeah. the plot. Absolutely. So. I think, you know, whenever I see, you know, because I am still susceptible to that kind of thing sometimes because it's really hard or I've certainly found that, you know, over the past eight and a half years of running my business, it's really hard to keep putting that message out there because some pe- sometimes people just don't want to listen and it never gets as much reaction as, hey, I can help you look sexy for Christmas in just three weeks. or And, and you do sometimes get a little bit demoralized by that. But I always have like four words that I say to myself when I start to look at that kind of stuff and think, you know, why aren't I getting that reaction? And it is low volume, high impact. Like that's all I care about. I don't care if I've only got three one-to-one clients, because you know how I do my one-to-one coaching. It's very intense. (laughs) And I can't really deal with an awful lot of people at a time. She's all up in your grill, folks. (laughs) But the impact and being able to chat with people who were my clients five years ago, who were still messaging me going, hey, like everything is still amazing. Like that, that is way my name to that list. We stopped working. We ended our client relationship in, it was like a year ago this month. It was October last year. Yeah. And I have... I, I've never felt better. I've never felt better. Maybe. And there are days when I look at the things that I do now as a matter of course that would have been inconceivable two years ago. Absolutely inconceivable. So, yeah. Yay. Amazing. Amazing. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is you very specifically target a certain type of person that you love to, not not that you exclude anyone else, but you love to have a certain type of person in your gym, don't you? And I think this is amazing do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah so well I I kind of consider our target to be like the anti-target because traditionally or you know the, the, if you google crossfit let's say yeah. you are likely to come across lots and lots of images of extremely shredded men and women like men and women with enormous muscles and very low body fat wearing teeny weeny shorts and lifting gargantuan weights and you know that definitely is a part of crossfit's brand Mm. um which is helping elite athletes become a little more elite uh i would say that we are sort of the antithesis of that only because there are way more normal people in the world who want to get a little bit fitter than there are elite athletes so we're trying to make our um, offer as broad and inclusive as possible. Mm. I want people of every size, shape, level of ability. And really, that's where CrossFit started. Yeah. CrossFit's message was about making its offer as broad and inclusive as possible because functional fitness is for everyone, not just it's for everyone, but it's essential. Yeah. to everyone. We need the same kinds of movement patterns. Yeah. All of us in order to be healthy. And so we need to get as many different kinds of people into the gym as possible because our mission is to serve the community. Our mission is to get as many people as, you know, a little bit fitter as we can. Our target market, if you like, is, and this is written on our wall, any member of our community who feels as though their needs are not met in traditional or commercial gym environments. Yeah. That's who I want. And currently that number includes about 200 people of all ages. Our youngest member is five in our CrossFit kids class. Our oldest yeah. member is 68 or nine, um, who is a, gram- a grandma who's had a, a hip replacement. <clears throat> um, we have rugby players, we have soldiers, we have airmen and women, we have nurses, doctors, teachers, stay at home moms, we have people whose body fat percentage currently is above 50%. We 
we have people whose body fat percentage is currently less than 6%. And we train them all together in an environment that is encouraging and welcoming and supportive because I believe that health should not be reserved for the already healthy. Yeah. Fitness is not the preserve of the already athletic. And I feel really passionate about that as somebody who wasn't fit and wasn't healthy and was overweight and was conditioned to believe that I was not sporty as a young person simply because I never found anything in PE that interested me. I feel a strong responsibility to go out into the community and find those people and bring them here. The ones who want to get fitter and healthier and make that possible for them. And which I think is amazing because unfortunately, you know, and and surprisingly, I think, you know, with there's so much kind of like lip service being paid to inclusivity and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, within the fitness industry, there are still people who have bad experiences going into gyms because of the way they look or, you know, where they are right now, which is horrifying. Look at the number of videos on TikTok, YouTube reels of people who just go to gyms and video other people. Yeah. Which is so offensive to me on so many levels. Yeah. But you know, those are the ones that get posted. Those are the ones that go viral. The number of people that I've spoken to in here who have had bad experiences in commercial gyms. Mm. It's outrageous. And, you know, it doesn't have to be, okay, someone videos you and makes a laughing stock of you on TikTok. It could just be somebody being rude, somebody being uh, dismissive of the work that you're doing or the weights that you're lifting or the space that you're taking up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's grim. I, I know, no, I don't know. I suspect it affects women slightly more than men. Men still have terrible experiences in gyms. Men who don't fit what is traditionally classically masculine or or athletic don't like going into gyms. Women have the added element of sexual harassment. Yeah. Which does happen. Yeah, absolutely. People being leery. And we know that we've had members experience that. And so, yeah, commercial gyms, traditional gyms are not inclusive. They're not yeah. made for everybody and not everybody feels welcome in them. Yeah. And so we're here to try and provide some additional services yeah. that can help the ones who don't feel comfortable there. Yeah. And, and in fact, those are the people who need the most help because, you know, they're not getting the experience of being in a gym they're probably not exposed to an awful lot of fitness stuff because they don't feel that content resonates with them. And therefore they don't have the knowledge and the skills that they need to even just get started. There's a lot of barriers to entry. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, when, when the two most accessible, accessible, when the two most readily available entry points are fit pros on Instagram and a commercial gym, that excludes the needs of a lot of the population. And in this day and age where we know, you know, more than ever that health outcomes are based on your base level of health and fitness, as in, if you get COVID, uh, you being a fit, well, and healthy person is going to mean that your outcomes far, far outweigh those of somebody who is not fit, well, and healthy. We have to do more than ever to make fitness and health more accessible actually yeah. accessible yeah yeah rather than a lot of the lip service that you see which yeah. I, I before I restarted CrossFit again I was going to a commercial gym here in Bournemouth uh quite a, a big chain and they've started putting posters up in the gym with people who look slightly different and talking you know you know over the tannoy every so often there's like we're an all-inclusive gym and you know if you're this or like any body shape or body size and yet there was no one in the gym like that when I went there so it I feel like it's a good thing to put on your posters isn't it but you actually have to fucking do something about it as well I mean part of me wants to be like do you know what it's a start yeah like they're, you know, they're, they're understanding, or there is at least some understanding that the traditional gym setting is scary, yeah. intimidating, off-putting, non-inclusive. It takes time. It yeah. takes time for that message to come through. 
the proof will be in six months time or a year's time. Does that gym have more members of all ages, shapes, sizes, and levels of ability? If the answer is yes, great. It means they took a step in the right direction towards attracting new people. If the answer is no, it means that message isn't getting out or it isn't being supported once those different body people turn up at your gym. And that's when it's like, okay, so posters aren't enough. Now you need to make sure that your PTs are trained up to train different bodies. You know, that your facilities are going to make that okay for people. Even simple things like... um, like we have sort of looking for unisex changing facilities and shower facilities. I mean, that was kind of out of necessity, but we were sort of informed later that that actually makes us slightly more attractive to members of the trans community yeah. who, you know, are going to, aren't, aren't necessarily going to feel comfortable using gendered facilities, probably because of bad experiences that they've had in the yeah. past. And so, yeah. you know, we're, we, we have a trans flag in the gym, we have trans members and we want people of the trans community to feel safe here. And so, yeah, it's things, it's, you know, going out into that community and saying, okay, what would, what would help? What would yeah. be better for you? Yeah. Um, Being proactive about it rather than reactively just sticking a flag up or. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's just one example of, of yeah. ways in which you can then follow through with your message of inclusivity. And yeah, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a lot. You know, we have a member here who has cerebral palsy mm. and he's brilliant. Like he's been training with us a couple of years and we, you know, we did, we don't advertise that we will train members who identify as disabled, but he came in and he was like, his mom trained here and was like, do you think Austin could join in? I was like, well, let's find out what he can do. And he's been training with us on and off for like three years now. And so when people come in to a class and they see Austin grinding away, doing a modified version of the workout, that's like, oh, so disabled people are welcome here. I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, like literally anyone who wants to join in just encourage them isn't if it you're, if you're crazy enough to want to come into a dark warehouse and lift weights in the winter because it's going to be winter soon and winter cross yeah. that you know is like a whole new level if you're crazy enough to want to do that you're one of us we'll figure it out that's, that's my motto you're in <laughs> Oh, that's that's amazing to hear. And I, I obviously I knew you were doing all of that, but it's just super important. And I think one of the reasons I love your new project that we're going to talk about now is obviously, again, you know, you've gone with that ethos for your gym of letting people decide what is their version of healthy and ho- helping them create that. And your new project, I think, is super important because you are now trying to influence a younger generation to say, hey, guess what? Kardashians aren't actual, actually the only version of what healthy might look like. There are some other ways to actually decide whether you look, feel and perform kind of, you know, in, in terms of heading towards optimal health. So can you tell us a little bit about your new project? Yes. So this year we accidentally started a revolution <laughs> I have to say I know it's like the third one we started a project called the strong girl squad and it started with uh, a member coming to me and she was a teacher she came to me after class and said coach can I get your advice on something she had two girls in her year 10 form who so year 10 is like 14 15 mm-hmm. who wanted to start exercising i'm like great i'm into it they weren't really inspired by what was in their pe lessons so they wanted to do something else so they do what you do when you live in a small town in lincolnshire they went and joined the local leisure center mm-hmm. so they went and joined a commercial gym because that's what you can do when you're 14 and they had a terrible experience where wow. they were harassed by male members to the point wow. where police police had to get involved. One of the girls was cornered. One of the girls was cornered by a man who wouldn't let her move until she gave him her number. Um, wow. Yeah. So Annie, my, my member is telling me this and I'm getting angrier and angrier. And I'm just like, this is appalling. And she said, so what I want, you know, the girls are still, they're not been put off, but they are too afraid to go back to the gym. So is there... Any, can you recommend any like online trainers or Instagram trainers or YouTube channels that they could follow in the safety of their own homes? Was the that word that. Were, and like, 
Haley, you know me well enough to know the red mist came down. I was spitting spinal fluid. I was so angry. And so do you know when you get so angry that you get calm? Yeah. I did one of these where I was like, I'll tell you what I'm going to (laughs) do. I'm (laughs) good. Right. I'm going to load my car full of barbells and I'm going to come to your gym and I'm going to teach those girls how to lift weights and any of their friends who want to do it can do it too. And I'm going to do it for free. And she was like, really? I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> so you were like proper Liam Neeson then. You were like, oh man, what I'm going to do. Full, I went full. I have a very specific set of skills. And <laughs> we... We organized this day where myself and, and and two other female coaches literally filled my car full of weights and barbells. My back bumper was sitting about that far off the tarmac. And we drove to this school and Annie had helped us coordinate it from her end. And we delivered two weightlifting workshops, Introduction to Deadlifting, which is the simplest and, and, and most fundamental weightlifting movement there is. And we had the best day. And they were they were terrified when they came in. And then by the end of it, they're like high-fiving and they're asking us to put more weight on the bar. And the teachers who were helping facilitate were like, did you see the look on Megan's face? She was so, I've never seen her that excited or I've never seen Esme participate in a PE lesson before. Like there was just this huge buzz. And so we were like, oh, I think maybe we've hit on something here. Yeah. Um, and the more, and so we, we, we were like, okay, we get the impression that girls are not taught how to weight lift. Mm-hmm. We know this is true, that by the time girls are 14, 15, by the time kids are 14 or 15, boys are very likely to have been taken into the weight room at a gym. Their brother will take them or their dad or their football yeah. coach or, or the bunch of them will just get together and go. And they will have a mess around on the weights, whereas girls won't mm-hmm. and they won't be offered that opportunity. And so by the time they get to adulthood, 18, 19, 20, and they're going out and joining gyms, the weight room is entirely the boys preserve. You, you yeah. would never, you don't catch women in the weight room. Yeah. Also, we women have always traditionally been steered towards cardio. Cardio is how girls exercise, right? Yeah. You get on a treadmill, you get on a cross trainer, you do Zumba, you do what, and, and I'm nothing against any of those yeah. programs, by the way. But we really aren't shown any of the practical, here's how to lift weights, or given any of the information about the benefit yeah. of strength conditioning and resistance training. Namely, that it will help regulate your hormones. It helps maintain your bone density. It is brilliant for girls to get involved in, but we don't get shown how. And so we started the Strong Girl Squad where we go out to schools and we teach this lifting workshop and we signpost girls towards their nearest CrossFit gym or, or gym where we think, you know, they might be interested in training 14, 15 year olds. We also run holiday clubs here at LN CrossFit here in Lincoln. So we have um, been working with the local council to secure some funding for um, holiday clubs. And it's an ascent and it's an extension of the free school meals program. Wow. So the girls that are coming in to these holiday clubs, by and large, they this club is free and we teach them how to lift and we feed them a healthy meal, like an actually healthy meal, balanced meal. Yeah. And, and then we sit there and eat with them. And we're like absolutely scranning away because yeah. eating is good. Right. Yeah. And we, you know, we're filling them full of healthy snacks and then we do like activities with them. And it's the best thing ever. Haley. <laughs> like It's the most fun. And so this project is just kind of, it's, it grew out of that one conversation with yeah. one member. Um, and we've, we've now set up a CIC, a community interest company. We're out seeking funding. We're delivering workshops all over the county. And I almost cannot overstate the impact that I have watched it have on some girls who maybe don't look like cross-country runners, yeah. who aren't inspired by the PE curriculum and who therefore think that exercise and sport is not for them. And we are trying to show them that not only like PE isn't sports, PE is a very thin wedge of the available physical activity on the planet. Um, And so giving them that message of girls, there are so many other things that you could try. Here's one of them. See what you think. It's been, it's been immeasurable. I mean, the impact it's had on me has been immeasurable, but um, yeah, it is an extension of that idea that 
fitness and wellness and health is everyone's birthright. Yeah. And in our modern society, some communities, girls, um, the LGBTQ community, people who are overweight or who don't feel confident for any reason in their skin, some communities need a little extra help yeah. to get to a place where they can access their fitness and wellness. Yeah. And we are delighted to be a group of coaches, female coaches, who are trying to reach girls at the yeah. age where they sometimes disengage from, from physical activity forever. So yeah, yeah, the Strong Girl Squad taking over the taking over the planet, girl, I'm telling you now. It's that so is good. amazing. I can't, I can't even imagine that. I love it when. So I, I sometimes, uh, if it's appropriate, encourage my clients to maybe start CrossFit. And I've got a client at the moment, Francine. She's a lovely lady, and she actually goes to athletes CrossFit because when I realized, oh, it's Derby. Yeah, when I realized, because I said to Francine, I said, "Where do you live, Francine?" Derby. I was like, because she was kind of like. Mm, I, I, I like that you do CrossFit Haley. I've seen that you do like could I do it and I'm like absolutely like you could do it yeah. and she, mm, maybe I will maybe I won't I was like where do you live she went Derby I went hold on a moment <laughs> like this to athletes. Oh, athletes. like I get really excited this is a mutual friend of ours athlete yeah, a friend sorry. again from CrossFit Nottingham who yeah. uh, is one of my best friends and owns a fantastic CrossFit gym in in Derby CrossFit Deviant yeah. Um, yeah so Francine went along uh, sorry the point of me saying this was like I get excited I mean I get excited to talk to my clients anyway I'm like oh what they've been doing but I get excited when I know she's been to CrossFit and she's like and I could yeah. like pick up this way and I'm I get so excited because I can see that you know obviously I mean she's like similar age to me right so you know she's never done anything like that before so but, what like 32 uh, yeah 32 yeah <laughs> But I can just imagine that feeling must be magnified when you're doing it with like a young girl who's never like they're fresh and new and you've just introduced them to something which is probably going to make their whole life so much better. It's like it must be super exciting. It's bonkers. And if it was like if it was one girl at a time, it would be exciting. But like I'm going to Louth on Thursday. Yeah. to teach six sessions bounce to bounce yeah. back to back to back with like 25 girls each <gasps> like 150 oh girls are learning how to deadlift on on Thursday right yeah and it is because they come in so afraid and so intimidated and quiet and but by the end of the session they're all begging me to put more weights on the bar <laughs> fist bumping we're having a great time I'm serious Haley I am 100% yeah. serious and because they are they are single sex classes like this is actually really important here's another you know it's important to understand your clients it's important to understand what's going to help them excel yeah. we know that girls at that age will struggle to engage in a new skill something they think might make them look a bit silly if there's boys there yeah they won't do it right you get them in a room with all girls where they're all kind of on a level playing field of not knowing what they're doing and they just listen and they just yeah. engage and they play and they they have a go at it. And by the end of it, you know, we have had no end of people messaging and saying, I want to get my girl involved in this. How do I do that? Where can I go? It's, it's awesome. It's just the best. And, um, I feel as though, obviously, I mean, oh my God, I love this gym so much. And it has been, in, you know, the greatest joy of my life to build this community. But the Strong Girl Squad, I think, could even, could add to that legacy, if you like, or could be something that actually yeah. goes nationwide. And that's yeah. that's the dream. So. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? And, and just so right. important when, as you say, the only things that girls are exposed to these days in terms, you know, like Instagram and you know, very different kind of generally very, very skinny girls, you know, and not doing yeah. or, or doing different sorts of exercise and um, a lot of celebrities, you know, on these ridiculous celebrity diets and stuff like that. So, it, yeah. you know, I always say to people, I'm so glad, like my daughter's 27 now. So I'm so glad I haven't got a teenager now because, oh, my God, I it, I would be terrified to see what they all look at on Instagram these days and how it must affect their idea of what a healthy person is or looks like or does or the way that a healthy person eats. So I 
I think it would be amazing if that kind of went nationwide and you had a complete yeah. antidote to that. We we know that obviously social media is incredibly influencing on young minds, on young girls. But we also know that girls having real life role models, mm. people in their lives that they can relate to, that they can look up to, and that can who can hopefully work to to guide them and to lead them is more influencing yeah. than social media. Having real people, teachers, coaches, family members who love them and encourage them and guide them is 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 the only counter to what's on yeah. social media. And so assembling a team of female Valkyrie coaches nationwide who can step into that role is the plan yeah. because you know it's the only antidote is is giving them real human beings that they can look up to and love that's it that's what we got to do yeah. so we're going to do yeah that's so important and what we're going to yeah. do is um in the show notes i will put the link if you can give me some links to like how people can donate stuff or get involved or whatever I will stick the link in the show notes and, and just, you know, have a read of that and see how you can get involved if you if you want to do that. Brilliant. I have actually, thank you. I know that, you know, I have quite an extensive workout wardrobe, as you know. And because we've just moved, I've just been through it all. So I have some stuff to send you for any girls Ooh, who want to look wonderful. ridiculous in workout. Because, you know, I've got, you know, super loud shit normally. Yeah. So anyone, if anyone, if any of those girls are up for looking absolutely ridiculous, I've got some wadware to send your way. <laughs> they love it. The brighter and crazier, the better. We did a we we asked for donations of like sports gear, shoes, leggings, whatever, because quite a lot of the girls don't have a lot of disposable income to be outfitting themselves for the gym. We got so much stuff sent through, and they went wild. Like Amazing. they went wild this summer yeah and the brighter and crazier and the more coordinated the better they'll oh, they're good. so into it thank you oh and like yeah. you're a little person so it'll fit some of my littler I people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome cool so the final question i'm gonna ask you before we wrap this up is what does health mean to you? What is your version of healthy? And do you believe that you've now achieved that? What a great question. I believe or I feel that healthy is when my body and mind are working at like an 80% optimum rate. Yeah. When, because I think 80% is about as much as anybody can hope for day to day, right? Yeah. If my body will do all the things that I want and need it to do, if I can work out, if I can get through the day without a banging headache, if I can, you know, do the, the be up for all the physical challenges that that people throw at me. And if I can feel like my mood and productivity is like an eight out of 10, that's healthy yeah. to me. And I don't put an enormous amount of stock in my aesthetic mm. anymore. Other than like, is my skin looking okay? Right? Yeah. Is, you know, am I, you know, if I'm two kilos or four kilos heavier or lighter than I was this time last year, but all those other markers are in place. Yeah. That's healthy. That's healthy to me. Can I do the things I want to do 80% yeah. of the time? Yeah. That'll do. Yeah. That'll do me. At yeah. the tender age of 41. If I can maintain, <laughs> if I can maintain 80% efficiency from now until the time I'm 51, I'll be delighted. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a that's a good measure of health, I think. And a little bit like, you know, when we first worked together when I was talking about having those different gas burners and you can't have all your work ones turned up and then, you know, still expect to be optimal in all the other areas. So it's I guess it's balance, isn't it? Which is ends up being quite a common answer when I ask people what does health mean to them. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And yeah. and the balance that I've achieved in my life or the, the the balance that I've achieved in the last couple of years having worked with you is extremely precious to me. I recognize I can see it now and I can see when it's getting out of balance. And I'm no longer satisfied to be like it's fine, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. It's like, well, it won't be. Yeah. Unless you pull back and, and do the work so yeah yeah, yeah. that's so, what health means to me because I think uh, people think that when you achieve what healthy means to you oh that's it I've done it 
But the real skill is in actually realising that some of those threads, so you're going to let go of them sometimes. And actually, how do you gather them all back in to make sure nothing sort of unravels? I think that's a big one is knowing that it's never done. Like, <laughs> Another you're never done. Point. You're never yeah, done. Right? <laughs> how hard is that to put in an Instagram post? Health is a continuum. It goes from the day you're born to the day you die. And yeah. it's never like, oh, what? Health? completed it mate like that doesn't right you can you can assign you can put goals down and you can work towards those and you can have like measures as you go through the continuum of health but it's never done and you know you can't just be like well I've achieved all my goals that's me frozen in time from now until whenever I grave out yeah no, it's it's a constant adjustment and 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 balancing act and I think sometimes those of us well people like you and I we're like big tick box people it's like tick done and we could potentially fall into the trap of thinking that yeah we're you know I don't have to worry about my health anymore <laughs> fixed it Fix it. <laughs> Fixed it. Done. Awesome. Yeah. Listen, thank you so much. It's been so nice to talk to you. You um, too. As I said before, you always have something interesting to say. It's always a good conversation. So I've really enjoyed it. Well, it's always a pleasure. Thank you. And maybe I'll get you back on when Strong Girls Squad is about to take over the world and you can tell us how that's going and stuff. Well, yeah, when um, when I'm going in for my OBE, we can yeah. uh, catch up. <laughs> um, no, it, right. I joke about that all the time. I'm like, yeah, this is how we're all getting OBEs. And people are like, what? I'm like, that's not, that's not why we're doing this. Um, yeah. Um, so really, I want that to happen now. And I'll be like, mm. so you, you imagine? That wasn't the goal? I mean, I'm not going to say no. No, we don't. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's funny. Like at the moment we're up for an award, just like with the Lincolnshire, like active Lincolnshire awards. Oh, wow. And I'm, I'm delighted because I'm hoping it'll like raise the profile of the project. Yeah. Right. Not because I'm looking forward to putting on a frock and going to an award ceremony. But um, yeah, there's some really exciting stuff in the works for the next year. And I would love, love, love to come back on and talk to you about it and highlight some of our, some of our girls, some of our success stories, because there's lots of them already. That'd be awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. And I'll be back next week with, am I doing another guest? No, I think it's solo episode next week. So uh, until then, take care of yourselves. (laughs) 